Continuing on the Sermon on the Mount, uh, looking at Matthew 6, and there are three what we normally call disciplines that Jesus addresses in the sense of giving, prayer, and fasting, and he links them together with some of the declarations, and so I'd like to walk through those together and some of the insights that he brings. He says, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you'll have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. So he's saying, you know, we can do righteous deeds and there's no benefit if our goal is to be seen by others. He's challenging the motives, right? Why are we doing something? And then it... Basically, he's saying God doesn't share his glory with others. And so either you're directing your thoughts at him or you're directing it at someone else, but this dual thing doesn't work for him. A little bit later, I want to share this idea that in a sense, we are called to intimate moments with Christ, and he's not, like a lover, he doesn't want to share those. And so, you know, if we address these things in that light, it helps us see them. When you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say, they've received their reward. Now, obviously, we don't go around blowing trumpets when we do stuff. But um, this whole need for appreciation by others and informing others of what we're doing is very strong in our culture, right? I mean, every time we send a picture out, I'll guarantee this generation has more pictures of themselves than any generation in the past. And so we're very aware of the camera. We're very aware of the image that we present. And, you know, it goes, it's... It has many, many applications. Um, you know, we, we end up learning how to dress in a way that pleases others, right? We spend a lot of energy on that. You say, oh, I don't pay attention to that uh, nonsense. You know, it just, there are certain shirts to wear, there are certain pants. Don't look at me this way. <laughs> I feel very vulnerable in this moment. <laughs> There are certain ways to cut your hair. There's certain ways, shoes to wear, you know. I, I, uh, I was real proud of myself one time. I was wearing boat shoes. You know, I'd, and one of the gals, yeah, but you wear socks. <laughs> oh, got something else to learn, you know. <laughs> um, you know, it, but we walk around, we've got to have the right phone. I mean... How much do you need that thing, except that it also has to be the right model, the right right brand? Think about the coffee cups. I mean, you know, for a long time, you had to have a Starbucks coffee cup or you weren't anything, right? But, you know, Third Street was out, bagel, you know, no more of their coffee. Big B's kind of crept into that a little bit. Baby cakes had its own niche. Cruising coffee, well, yeah, that's okay for the ice cream drinks. But, uh, you know, 
And, and then it, it just goes on. And of course, now there's velodrome coming in, and I had to get, I couldn't think of contrast this morning. I was thinking of converse, and to me, that's tennis shoes, and it just didn't work, you know, boiling. Uh, but, and for Gerald Caston, there's holiday in cups, right? <laughs> Big gulp. I, you know, it, it just, there's a certain status with all of that. And, and we're very much, even when, even in construction, you know, there, in certain groups, you've got to be wearing the Carhartt or, or you don't belong. And if you're working in my, it's got to be the five-buckle black boot, the Vaughn or the S-wing hammer. You know, the, the, the uh, sweatshirt has to have a zipper. Uh, there, <laughs> it just goes on and on and on. And that's for the guys who seemingly don't give a rip. Well, if we pay that much attention to what others think, then I'm suggesting that we better pay attention when Jesus says, I, this sharing the way you do things with others, you know, to get their impression before the Lord, that's, that's a dangerous area to walk into. Um. And, and if we're ready to dismiss the whole finance thing and say, well, I, I don't have trouble with that, I remind you with Adam and Eve, um, God said, I'm keeping this for myself, and that was the violation point. When the people of Israel, the first thing that they have to deal with when they go into the new land is somebody who keeps some of the plunder for themselves with Achan. The New Testament church, the first real blow-up that they had was with Ananias and Sapphira, where they're bragging about what they're doing, but it's not honest. And so, in some ways, what we have to do is look at this and say, I need to be very, very careful with this issue, but I need to address the Lord with this and find out what He desires. Um, (laughs) He goes on and he says, when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so your, your giving may be in secret. Then your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And uh, I, I was with Michael Vrooman this week, and he starts telling me some insights about this verse, and I'm just kind of grinning and taking notes, you know. Well, he can share that. and I, I'm giving him credit right now. Um, <laughs> but, you know, he was saying... We tend to have layers of accountability. You know, this money's given to this to get the tax write off for this, and, and it got to go through these books. And, it's, and he says, Jesus seems to have been more, if God tells you to do something, do it, and don't necessarily worry as much as how the other person's going to spend it. How else could he have Judas carrying the money bag? The Gospel of John says he's a thief. But apparently it wasn't that big a deal to him, which just seems strange to me. But that was what the story was. So when we, when we walk through this, I think we need to note that you know, keeping things in secret, left hand, right hand, um, can't do that technically. But 
what that's saying is it's not about a, a new law so much as it is, what is what's our approach with this thing? And our approach is not to necessarily pull others into the mix as much as to find out what the Lord has to say to us. He goes on, when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. He uses this term hypocrites three times in this section. This is one of the links with each of these things. And uh, he'll use the Gentile term, one other portion. But for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and in the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say, they have received their reward. And again, this, this repetition of phrases is tying these ideas all together. But when you pray, go into your room, shut the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. I know the people that develop prayer rooms in their houses, and it's not a bad idea if you need that isolation to think. But again, I don't think that's the intent of this as much as let this be a personal moment. Here's, here's the illustration I want you to hang on to this week. Treating prayer is like an intimate conversation. What do you think of the guy that puts his arm around one gal and flirts with another? What if he's or she is with a spouse and doing that? Now, I remind you, be careful with your terms because last week we said that fool was like calling someone a murderer. I have some specific thoughts on such things, and I don't like to see that. It, it, it cranks me up. I get angry. Because it's like using one and, and, and kind of riding the fence both directions, right? In some ways, this passage is almost like saying God doesn't enjoy that kind of behavior either. He doesn't like you hugging him and talking to someone else. Flirting with another, so to speak. Gaining their approval or appreciation. And that's really what the, the intent of this passage kind of conveys. It's like, it's like the person, again... Social media. It's like the person on Facebook, oh, I love my wife, I love that. And, and you, you know, there are, again, those terms I want to pull out. They're nasty in personal life. Or they're, they are a cheat. And you're going, don't talk to me like this. You know? So, if we were to take this before the Lord, in our prayer, he wants, he wants true interaction. He's not about your image with everyone else. He wants a true conversation. And so that's why he's kind of drawing these things out. And, and if you take this a step further, like with the, you know, with the giving, if you treat that as an intimate thing, it's like, where are we going to spend this money? Or he's, it's almost like he's saying, well, 
I, I brought this much money into the mix for us. Let's, let's spend it this way. It's not about finding what others think or their opinions, but it's, it's working out that thing in the intimacy of, of a relationship that says, we should do this together. You know, and so the prayers, the, the conversation, and, and when I get into fasting, it's, it's almost like if you want to take that intimate idea, it's like, you know what, it doesn't really matter if we go out to eat right now. Let's just spend some time together. That, that really would be the true essence of fasting. It's not so much about just getting, let's just, let's concentrate on us. And, and if you'll take that mindset, then these, these things really make sense, or this kind of declaration. When you pray, do not heap empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard through their many words. Do not be like them. Your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. And again, it's like treating Him as this thing, it's like a slot machine. If I pull the lever enough, eventually He'll, he'll kick out some coins, right? And basically, we're being told He's not a slot machine. Again, he wants that interaction. And it's not, please, 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 please. If I say it enough, you'll give in. Again, it's a twisted view of who God is. He goes on and gives us the Lord's Prayer. And I've spent a fair amount of time on this over the years. But I, again, I'll mention, when I am having trouble getting started in prayer, I almost always come back to this one because I, I treat it as a uh, like a form, and I'll, I'll walk through it. I, there are ten things that I, I pull out, you know, just kind of as a sequence, and I'll walk through those. The Father is the idea, of the relationship that I have with Him. Heaven is a sense of the distinguishing that there's a difference between where we, I am right now and, and who He is and. And his abiding, you know, there's some calm. Just recognizing these things, and I, and I walk through that. And then in thy kingdom come, it's the recognition that he's in charge of things. He has a specific plan for the ages. He rules the nations, and, and I'm trying to align myself with that. When I say thy will be done, again, that will idea is I'm drawing into what is his desire. And, I, and it's like a little more honing that in. Then that daily bread is... You know, after looking at the big picture and looking at his th- way of seeing things, then it's coming back into the things that really affect me closely, and it's like that daily bread, you know, kind of walking through that and just saying, okay, what are the issues that I have that I really need some input from him? And as I, I walk through that, then, you know, if we walk into the thing of forgive, and, you know, who do I need to forgive, and you know, so it's, it's forgive me of my sin, but also then who do I need to release and who do I need to seek forgiveness from? You know, and that walking that through and then lead us not into temptation, you know, for the areas where I'm vulnerable and weak, you know, I'll, I'll walk through that in prayer and then deliver us from evil. You know, it's, I know that, that we're in a spiritual battle. So it's kind of that, you know, but those, that's already 10 topics, so to speak, 
And by the time I get through that, I pretty well have a handle on where we're going in this day, you know, this conversation, so to speak. And I encourage you, if you just, you know, if you're having trouble getting going with it, just maybe go back to what he said. This is, this is how to do it, okay? After that, he goes back and he revisits the thing of forgiveness, you know, because it is such a huge issue. And he says, you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. And I, I look at that and I'm going, some of our relationship things that we have with others, we recognize that they will never change. Except for a miracle that is beyond our faith. That person probably will never change in certain areas. And we're going, really? And grumpy face comes on, right? And yet, if we can embrace that God does that for us, that in the things that have yet to change, things that may never change before we die, and yet he brings forgiveness to us, Surely we can be gracious with someone else. That's the, that's the essence of this kind of passage. You know, coming to terms with the fact that others and their frailties are like us. And there are certain things that even though we may be in relationship with for years, they may never do it differently. Am I willing to accept that with the hope of God accepting me? I want his acceptance more than I want to hang on to my anger. It's like saying eternity or short-term frustration. Years and years of embracing, or a few years here? It's like the old saying, you can stand on your head that long. You know, you can put up with it. Now, does he allow some of those things in our relationships just to teach us the extent of his forgiveness? I don't know. Um, I suspect that. But I can't prove that. I just, uh, I'm just well aware that I have some things that I continue to do in life that are not necessarily beneficial to those around me. And I can seek to change, and I am tempted, but realistically, it's no different than it has been for years. And yet I have this hope this grand hope in the Lord that he is willing to release me. And so then I have to be willing to release others as well. Let's go on. When you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites. Disfigure their faces for fasting they may, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say, they'll have, they'll re, have received their reward. It's kind of funny when you get into groups and people first experiment with fasting. They're, 
if you do it as a group thing, you'll have people that are half dying after four hours. They haven't even missed a meal yet, but just the thought of it is killing them, you know, and, and, and they just know that they're dying, you know, and, and you're going, whatever. <laughs> but, in, in, again, it's not about the self-debasement, but it's in a, in a sense this intimate thing of saying, God, you're worth more to me than food. You're worth more to me than even the base things of life that I know are essential. Let's, let's talk. This, is more, this conversation is more important to me than even eating. And if we can grab on to that, that he is truly calling us into intimate moments with him, it's a wondrous, wondrous thing. These aren't just disciplines then. These aren't just ways of earning favor. These step into the, the reality that he wants conversation. He wants to discuss where things go and how things are spent. He wants conversation that even exceeds the, the benefit of a meal. What an honor it is to have that with him. So again, our, our prayers, they, they aren't doing double duty. You know? You can pray the prayer for others, and you hear me pray publicly every week, so I know there's another dimension of this. But if my prayer is more worried about what you're thinking than what he's thinking, I'm in trouble. Okay? In the same way with, with you when you're praying, when we're praying in these groups. You know, there's a real temptation just to try to get the words just right so people think the right thing of us. And again, we're, we're worrying about the wrong voice. And it needs to be the intimate moment with him. Okay. So let's, let's keep that in mind. Father, we thank you for your scripture that speaks life. Jesus, we thank you for these teachings that address issues that we're all concerned with. Help us, Lord, as we walk in the areas of giving and prayer and fasting to truly embrace the intimacy that you allow for us to have in you.